Matthew, first of all, I want to thank you for um, doing this. Um, it was not spare the moment because we, we met each other when, in December? Uh, yeah, I think so. It was December. And right was at the end here. of the year. Yeah, my first time here at Two Rooms. Mm. And I have to tell you, the terrace is beautiful. Oh, I mean, I really, I really like the view and I like the ambiance of the whole place. Mm. It was just an extra treat to come in and meet you there and you agreed to do this. Mm. Right. It's, it's always a pleasure to do things like this for the community. Right. That's right, because that's mm. what this is all about. Mm. I want to start off this way, Matthew, by asking you, mm. what made you get into the restaurant business? I mean, <laughs> have you done this all your life? I mean, from high school on, you've always liked to cook, because I know you were a chef at one time. But you tell me, tell me, what did you? Okay, well, I'm, I'm still a chef. I still, I okay. still do um, uh, approve and do all of the menus in all of our establishments. Okay. Um, although we've got very good um, head chefs and a, a great team uh, to do all the uh, most of the work uh, mm -hmm. for us, um, but I, I, I began cooking when I was seventeen. Seventeen. Um, seventeen. Yeah. You come from? You have a big family? No, one brother. One brother, mother. Father. Older, younger. Uh, older, two years older. And he didn't cook? No, 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 no. He was. Uh, he's a very smart guy. He was uh, very good at studying and. Wait, don't say that you have to. If you're smart, you don't cook. Uh, <laughs> is that what you're saying? Well, it's usually not your first choice of vocation. Let's put it that way. Okay. Um, but uh, yeah, I I really didn't like school that okay. much. No, nothing to do with uh, the people or anything right. like it uh, uh, around them, mm -hmm. um, around the school. But uh, I just didn't really get on with. And where uh, are you studying. from? New Zealand. I'm from Sydney, Sydney. Australia. Okay, yeah. you're Australian. Yes. All right. All right. Yeah. So. Uh, my mother said to me, if, if, you, if you want to leave school, and it was a very nice school, um, I must say, and I've still got a very good network from that school. Mm -hmm. um, if you want to leave school, then you have to have a, a job, basically. Okay. Uh, so I wanted to do landscape gardening. I always liked nature and mm -hmm. all that sort of thing. And landscape gardening is quite a big job in Australia. Mm. Uh, it's, it's very, uh, well, Australia is basically a big rural town, isn't it? when you look at like America and New York, that sort of thing. Right. Right? And so a lot of people do landscape gardening over there. And I wanted to do that because I loved cultivating and growing things and all that sort of thing. And I went to the, the school where they teach that uh, vocation. At what age? Uh, 16, just before 17. Because the system's a little different. Of course, it's the British system. Uh, yes, it is. Right? Yes, yeah. you have levels, A levels, B levels, that kind of thing. Um, not that I'm I aware of. No. no. How does? Because you do have. After, when you graduated from when you graduate from high school, you can go straight into a career. Yes. Right. You can. So they have. So and then you do what? Two years. It depends on what the career is going to be. Well, it depends on the person as well, right? I mean, okay. you can do anything you want in life, right? Okay. But uh, to to get a certification for a certain trade, right. then yes, you need to go to school. Okay, okay. So you went to landscaping? I went to landscape gardening and mm -hmm. the vocational uh, officer at that school said, if you do this job, you realize by the time you're about 50 or so, your knees will be gone because of all the heavy lifting and- Squatting. And squatting, yeah. Uh, sandstone bricks, very popular in Australia, you know, all that sort of thing. and. A guy was walking past and he had a big white hat on and I said, what does that guy do? And he said, she said, uh, uh, he's a chef, he's learning to be a chef. And I said, well, I'll do that. <laughs> That's how it started? That's how it started, yeah. Okay. yeah. And then um, my mum was with me and she was like, 
okay, let's yeah. see where this leads. And uh, I, I just followed that, um, that, that path. Mm -hmm. Got a job straight away. I was very lucky to get a job straight away. And, uh, yeah, well, after how many years in school? How many years did you have to study? Uh, well, for the, uh, in, you were in 16, you went to 17. So I think I started, we have year 7, 8, 9, 10, you do the school certificate. Right. Then you have 10, year 11 and, and 12. 12. Right. That's, we call this still high school, but you actually are doing a trade. Uh, no, but uh, I went up to year 11. Okay, year 11, okay. And then uh, I, I dropped out, basically. Okay. Yeah, right. and if you pass year 12, that's called the Higher School Certificate in Australia. What is it called? HSC, Higher School Certificate. Higher School Certificate, okay. Yeah, yeah. So I never reached that. Uh -huh. I, I did my school certificate and then, okay. then left. Would, would you get at 11? 11th, you get your school certificate? 11th grade. Yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah. And then at, but when you, 11th, from the 11th grade, that's when you started cooking? That's Straight away. No break, okay. nothing. Yeah. And how long did you do that before you got a job? Um, well, I'm still doing it. <laughs> no, 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 no. But no, but I'm saying no. So you're saying, wait, after you finished 11th grade, you got a job at, as a cook? Yes. But you hadn't learned how to cook yet? Uh, no, but you have an apprenticeship. Okay, but they're paying you for the, doing this apprenticeship. Yeah, just not, not very big, much. They're giving you enough just to get back to work the next day. <laughs> exactly. Okay. Yeah, so I, to do it properly, because I always had a... Uh, how would you say? My father was a... Uh, he was very good at retail. He had, okay. he had jewelry shops all around Sydney. Okay. And I always wanted to be better than him for some reason. He didn't want to, why didn't he want you in his business? Or did he want you in his business? I, I offered to go in there and he said, no, you're not suited for it. What about your older brother? Uh, no, he chose not to as well. We, we, all, we, we both worked part-time for him okay. while we were at school. Oh, yeah, yeah. But um, he didn't think we had the passion for it. He could see you didn't have the passion. He, he could see. You. He could see that you guys were just there. Just doing it for you know, right. the sake of doing it. How long did you have to work with him, total? Uh, with my dad? Yes. Uh, well, I never actually worked with him. It was more part I mean, yeah, okay. In, in his shops. Okay. I don't know, a couple of years, I guess. Okay. Yeah, since did he really? Did he pay you? Oh, yeah, yeah, uh, part-time job. Okay. So the minimum wage, I think, right. was, uh, I don't know what it was. Like is, he st is he still doing it? No, he's retired now. He's 80, 81 years old. So that doesn't, come on, you're yeah. trying to take your last breath. That's my belief. <laughs> <laughs> so 81, how long has he been retired? When did he retire? Uh, oh, I don't know, about 10 years ago. Okay, so while he was in the 70s. Yeah, he sold the shop, and, uh, okay. or shops, two shops. Okay. He sold both of them to the same guy. And uh, yeah, he's, he's doing very well. In That's interesting. Estate. So he just basically supported you in what you wanted to do, because he knew you didn't want to do what he was doing. Support in what way? In I mean, I mean <laughs> verbally. Monetarily. I mean, not, 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 I mean emotionally. Emotion. He, didn't give you any, he didn't give you any grief over it. Not really. It was all... Um, I can honestly say that I did it all myself. Okay. Yeah. Um, but I, I came from a very nice family. So if, yeah, I, I guess the support was, you know, having a place to stay. Okay. And oh, so you stayed with him during your apprenticeship? Uh, yes, I did, yeah. Okay. Uh, I, I left home fairly soon though. I left home at 18, I think. That wasn't long at all. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and you yeah. went off and then you got your own place and you continued yeah. to cook. What kind of restaurant were you working at? Um, it was a place called Spitler's. It was down by the Spit, which is uh, next to Manly, uh, which is a famous beach in okay. Sydney. Mm -hmm. um, so it's no, it's no longer there. It's now an Italian restaurant, quite a famous one actually. Mm -hmm. It's a you come down the road from Mossman, and then there's the Spit, and the, it's actually a, one of the only bridges in Australia that um, still 
How do you Operate. say that? Oh, yeah, still. Yeah. The draws, the draw yeah, bridge. Yeah. Still Tenderobi Yacht. But, but that area is called the Spit? It's called the Spit, yeah. Okay. The Spit in, uh, in between Manly and Mosman. Okay. And you worked in the place there. How long did you work there? Uh, not long, six months or so. It was, it, was, it was 80 hours a week. It was very bad pay, but it was a great experience. And mm. I left there and I was like shell shocked and uh, went to a cafe, I think, to make sandwiches because I, I really, you know, just wanted to like have a bit of a break after. Okay, but tell experience. me what kind of things you do. What, was, what did you. Tell me, give me a little bit of the, the, the first job. experience, yes. The first job was, uh, I used to come home black because, uh, like, literally black. Soot, from all the soot? And from, no, from all the, uh, the squid ink. Okay, okay talk <laughs> to me. I know it was an Italian restaurant. No, 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 this was a seafood restaurant. Seafood it's, restaurant. It's now an Italian restaurant. Now it's an Italian restaurant, yeah. okay. Seafood. Yeah. So they specialize in squid? Uh, no, just seafood. But uh, right. one of the things on the on the menu was calamari, fried okay. calamari, right? Right, right. And it was all fresh. It was a very nice restaurant actually okay, okay. back in the day. And uh, you'd pull the uh, octopus or squid or whatever, and they've got this little sack uh, with sack, all the ink yeah, in it. The ink sack. And I would come home totally. Why black. would it be to Why would it be all over you that way? Because I wasn't nice. good. <laughs> Just squid up in your face and everything. Uh, Mostly yeah, in your my hands, clothes, right? everywhere. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Well, does it, was it, does it stay for long? You can't wash it off easily? No, and it gets under your fingernails and everything. It's not there now. <laughs> so people thought you had, so when you walked around, people thought you had a disease or something, right? I, I would finish late at night. No, no one would see me <laughs> leaving that restaurant. So what about you? You had no social life because of how long you worked? No, not really, no. Uh, I used to hook up with some friends occasionally uh, from, from the school that I went to. Okay. Uh, but very rarely. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so not much social life, and you would have to drive everywhere okay. because back in those days there was no, basically no public transport. Right, right, right. And also in Australia, you get your license really early, right? What, fifteen and a half? Yeah, quite, quite young. Well, in Australia, it's very different to like Tokyo, for example. Okay, right. You okay. have to drive. If you You're right, right. You don't if have you don't public drive, transportation. You can't, get you can't get anywhere. So they want you to. Yes. Exactly. So, so when you left the restaurant after you left that area, then you went and you started at a little cafe. You said, and mm. you were making sandwiches. Mm -hmm. So how long did you do that? Not sure. I don't, I don't even okay. have it on my resume. All right. So I think it was a few months, three months or so. All right. Then from there to where? Uh, from there, uh, I was still doing my apprenticeship. Mm -hmm. And I think, well, then I went to Balthazar, where I met um, Cos. Whom? Uh, Cos Saltis. He, he was the owner of this restaurant. It was in a beautiful National Trust building. Um, quite famous back in the day. Okay. Nobody would know about it now. Um, but we used to get quite a few. No, when you say back in the day, say I was, I'm always curious. Your back in the day and my back in the day are probably different. How old are you now? I'm 50 years old, 1970. You look really young now. Wait, oh, come thank on. you. It's because you, I shaved my hair and I put a lot wait, of moisturizer. Wait, if you didn't, you should be all gray or something like mine. Or? <laughs> I can tell you a secret later. All right, okay, 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 okay. <laughs> You're 50 years old now? Yes. All right, so you made it half a century. Look at you. Mm. All right, there you yeah. go. Yeah. So then, so anyway, so back in the day, it would be close to my time then too, you know, yep. a decade away. Mm. Decade away and a How little old bit. How old are you now? 68. Okay. So a decade and a little bit, you know, almost two decades away, but still. Mm. So back during that time, it was We can famous. be relative, I think. You're right, right. Yeah. Mm. Mom's the same thing. You know what a record player is, and you've, I do. you've seen a dial phone. I used, you know to, that, you know. I used to call <laughs> you know like that, triple zero. Which kids <laughs> now, I mean, 10 generations, they don't, you know, 10-year-olds don't know. They don't have a clue. 
Yeah, I saw on TikTok things. the other day doing a competition like, do you know how to use this thing? Right, right. And, and you start looking and you think, we take so much for granted because mm. they can't even write now. Mm. That's become an art form mm. because they're told not to. Mm. Just text it to me or whatever. Exactly. But anyway, so you, you, left, you did that. Then back in the day, mm. the place was famous you were talking about. Yeah, semi-famous. Yeah. Okay. Mm. And what you do? What kind of restaurant was it? Uh, that was like a eclectic type of thing, you okay. know, a little bit of this, a little bit of that, right, right. which was just coming in back in those days. Okay. French food was still big in Sydney mm -hmm. back in those days. How many restaurants have you worked at up till now? Oh, quite What's a few. Uh, Would you say just off the top of my head? Yes. Maybe ten or so. Okay, all right. What are some of the most impressive times out of those ten that really, you know, st something stuck because of the people or the food or something you did that you said, whoa? Mm, I would, I would have to say. The one that helped me along the way to, uh, to get to where I am is probably Tetsuya's in, Tetsuya's in Sydney. In Sydney's, okay. Yeah, um, he, he was, uh, I mean, he's still quite famous today. And he, he was the uh, best restaurant in Australia for many years. And Tetsuya. Still very highly regarded. Japanese? Japanese, yes. Very Tetsuya. Japanese. Okay. Yeah. Japanese with a little bit of Western influence thrown in there. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, so I was there for a year and a half. Um, back in 94, I think, 94, something like that. And then uh, England, America was very influential as well. I was in Washington, D.C. I was there for a year and a half as well, almost okay. two years. And we got Best Restaurant in America back in, the, in 97. Okay. Yeah, by Ruth Reichel. Yeah, you know Ruth oh, Reichel. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, and yeah, Best New Restaurant in North America. Yeah, okay. so that was quite exciting, and I was a sous chef there, so that was that was really good. That was a nice coming from yeah. England, yeah. yeah. And then Mexico stands out as well. I was in Mexico, opened up these beautiful haciendas in Yucatan, mm -hmm. and I was didn't speak a word of Spanish. Uh, yeah. Spanish landed <coughs> in Yucatan. My God, it was crazy. I mean, it was owned. All these, you know what a hacienda is? I know, I, you know the villa or a hacienda? Yes, yeah, so a, a huge like mansion. A huge basically. mansion, okay. A huge right. mansion, homestead, kind of like in America, right? Okay. Um, homestead kind of thing, um, and it's built around this plantation called Henneken. Okay. Henneken was the most, was the toughest natural fiber known to man back in the day. Like, uh, like BMW, Mercedes, all these guys would use Henneken fibers um, for because they were inflammable. Okay. Uh, infl no, they weren't inflammable. They weren't. Yeah. Okay. They weren't flammable. They weren't flammable. Yeah. Right. So it was like insulation in in in, in the, the cars, doors and in the cars everywhere. Oh, everywhere. Okay. And then of course since synthetic fibers came along and and Henneken was yeah, obsolete. Right, right. Yeah. But back in the day that was the big thing. So they built all these big homesteads, and uh, then of course all the natural synthetic uh, sorry the synthetic stuff came along and and all the automobile manufacturers and all those sort of guys that use that sort of uh, those fibers and the, that fabric, um, they didn't need it anymore. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So then these homesteads or uh, haciendas became obsolete and they just went to rack and ruin. They and went to rack and ruin. Rack um, and ruin, okay, gotcha. Yeah, okay, basically, yeah. they're they obsolete. Mm -hmm. And then many, many years later, this uh, guy called Roberto Hernandez, <coughs> who owned uh, Banamex, mm -hmm. which was the biggest bank in Mexico back in the day, um, which has subsequently been bought out by Citibank. Mm -hmm. 
so it's now Citibank in Mexico. Um, he bought up all these haciendas, like 30, I think it was 30, 30, 32 of them. Okay. And one of them was, he, five of them he made into five-star boutique hotels. And he got this uh, group called Aman. Do you know Aman? No. It's a very high, luxurious uh, hotel chain, Okay. basically. And uh, he asked Aman to uh, run these haciendas for him. <coughs> and set them up in their group, so to speak, uh, under their umbrella. And uh, Adrian Zecker, who was the founder of Aman, said, let's call them GHM, which is <coughs> not Aman, not, not like uh, luxury, luxury, but more of a casual type ambience, but still five star, okay. if that makes sense. Right, it does. Yeah. So uh, they needed someone, um, Aman uh, needed someone to come in and run the, the food and beverage for these haciendas. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I was introduced by a guy, I was working in Melbourne at the time, and uh, uh, they interviewed me in Sydney, uh, I'm sorry, in Melbourne, got the job, they flew me straight to Mexico. And it all happened very, very quickly. And I landed and it was just like n so nerve wracking. I mean, you're talking about like rattlesnakes, uh, tarantulas, right. Mayan people everywhere who didn't speak a word of English okay. and uh, half of them know Spanish. Right. And I didn't speak any Spanish or Mayan. <laughs> right, 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 <laughs> so right. it was kind of, it was very, very daunting. But I wouldn't think that the, 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 the creatures would have bothered you so much coming from Australia. I mean, that's, that's nothing. You have some of the deadliest features on the planet. <laughs> You've got to be kidding me. That's true. That, was, that didn't bother you. But when you're going down a, a rocky path and you see this, uh, this rattlesnake. Rattlesnakes coming up, Like, yeah. like this. Yes, and ready for you. All right. tail going like that. Did, that. did you ever have any incidents? Oh, yeah. Yeah, but, many, many. But I, none, you never got bitten or anything like that. No, no. But uh, it, was, it, was, it was rough. You had some, you had some frights. Uh, yeah, but it was, it was very interesting. I loved it. I yeah. mean, that's why I'm telling you now, because yeah. it was, uh, really stands out in my mind. Wow. I had a pet tarantula on my ceiling because you have a, always have a tarantula in your house because the tarantula eats the scorpions. Right. And if the scorpions drop on you while you're sleeping, yeah, you they, could can, have a problem, they yeah. can kill you. Yes, yeah. right. So you always have a tarantula in your house to eat the scorpions. And you don't have to worry about the tarantula biting you. No, no, tarantulas are totally uh, yeah. safe. I've held one in my hand before. I'm yeah, they're totally fine. They told me to close my eyes and... Well, the mouth is on the bottom of their belly, right? Right, right, right. right. So if you flip them... <laughs> like you're going to I'm going to disarm you real quick. No, I don't think that's the way... <laughs> Which is what the locals actually used to do for fun. Yeah, I can imagine, just for fun, yeah. just flip a tarantula. Exactly. <laughs> you know, it's a true story. Crazy things have happened. So tell me, so Matthew, you worked at the New York Bar and Grill, I did, yes. Yeah, sorry, that, that should be one of them as well. I worked at the New York. See, New York you didn't Grill. say anything about that. I was wondering. I said, you sound like you, you were there. Tokyo is always last on the list of, okay. of interesting Because you're still things. here. Yeah. And you've been in Tokyo for how long now? Or Japan? Um, November 21, 2001. Yeah, I arrived at dusk. Oh, you just, okay. At dusk, oh, it's uh, been annoying. Like so four o'clock. Yeah. Four o'clock at Narita, So 19 years, yeah. And landed in, in Park Hyatt at uh, about 6.30, I think. 19 years. Evening. Yeah, I remember going past Shinjuku, uh -huh. and it was just getting dark. You know, it was your first time here? <clears throat> well, I came here for the interview from Mexico. Okay. I was living in Mexico City at the time, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. which is another story, but uh, I got offered the job of New York Grill 
and then they flew me from Mexico, Mexico City to Tokyo, and mm-hmm. that was the first time. Okay. Yeah. And how long you just stayed for a couple of days then, right? No, I stayed for a week in Park Hyatt. Oh, okay. Yeah, it was beautiful. Wow. Yeah, I, I didn't fully appreciate it because I didn't. You didn't know. You didn't know how. You didn't know what it compared to what. You no, know? no. I mean, right. I was in Mexico City. The bigger, the best thing there at the time was Camino Real. Okay. And that's nothing now, from what I understand. Okay. All right, yeah. all right. So you worked there. You worked there for how long? Did were you at the three park? years? Three years. Yeah. It was. And I used to go there when they first opened. I oh, went there quite you. often. Yeah. yeah. I was there, and that's why I knew the chef prior to you, or maybe two prior to you. Well, a- Angela. Angela, yeah. Angela yeah. was the yeah. first little Irish lady, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Never met her, but I heard a lot of stories. Yeah, yeah. She was good. And the glass, you know, it was a glass-thin uh, um, kitchen. It yeah. was really nice. So you could go by there and you'd say hello. I, I went, because I loved going there. Yeah. And I knew um, two, two mud, m- magicians, not magicians, musicians, musicians who came every so often mm. and whenever they came I'd bring them to my home and I'd take them to the American Club okay. or just something like that. So tell me, so from there you started your own business? Yes, uh, no, mm. no, from, from there um, I was uh, I was asked to be the uh, executive sous chef which means you're one under the executive chef mm-hmm. of Grand Hyatt Tokyo. So I worked with Joseph Boudet who was the executive chef, okay. who's quite famous. I don't know if you know him, but old uh, German guy. He was okay. considered one I of the I, best. I think I've probably, probably seen him when I've been there. I'm sure I would have known him, yeah. He was one of the guys that was considered one of the best in Hyatt in, in the world. Okay. As a, <clears throat> not more of a, uh, he was executive chef, but he was more of a marketing guy. And yeah, full of charisma and just one of those guys that you really want to know, you know. Mm-hmm. So then I only stayed there for nine months and then I was asked to be the executive chef of uh, Hyatt Regency Kyoto. So I opened that up, uh, what, 13, about 16 years ago now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh. And then after that, that, during that time, I met my two business partners, right. Nathan Smith and Eddie Buffer. Okay. Uh, and oh, we actually, Nathan and I met a long time ago back in New York real times. Um, so we we concocted a. So what are, what, what are they? What are they? What are their jobs? Are they cooks as well? No, 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 no. Are they so, chefs? I mean, so Nathan is a service slash manager uh, type position. Okay. And Eddie is one hundred percent bar network kind of guy. Okay. Yeah. So he know he, what, he, bar. What do you mean? He <laughs> works behind. He worked behind a bar. He knows the business. He knows the business. Everything about a bar. Oh yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. He's um he's our network guy. So tell me how did. How did it get started? I mean, what, you guys got together, or you just kept on dropping little notes. I mean, what happened that made you oh, okay. become partners? Um, well, Nathan and I had a very good um, rapport mm-hmm. uh, because Australia and New Zealand is basically the same country, right? Even though we have these little, yeah. you know, all blacks Australia yeah, right. better than New Zealand, right, right, right. but it's, it's actually rubbish. It's uh, we're all together when it comes to life in general, basically. But when it comes to cricket or rugby, it's a different story. Right, 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 right. Um, so we we were always close, and uh, Eddie Nathan actually hired Eddie, okay, as the Oak Door barman. Because in Grand Nathan Hyatt. used to be at the Grand Hyatt. Yeah, Nathan came to uh, at the Oak Door. T- yeah, he came to uh, Tokyo to be the first manager of the Oak Door. Okay. Yeah, he was very young. I think he was like twenty-seven or something like that. Yeah. 
really young for the position, but he, he was obviously good enough. Yeah. And he actually hired Eddie to be the bar, yeah, okay. uh, to be behind the bar, not the bar manager, but behind the bar at uh, Oak Hill. Oak right. Yeah. Okay, so how long did he stay there? How long was he there? Uh, how long did he stay there? Stay there, yeah. Oh, I'm not sure. It was a long time there. Okay. Uh, would have been, because I went to Kyoto, so he would have been there for about five years or so. Okay. But right. he got promoted as well to uh, assistant food and beverage manager, which mm -hmm. is basically the same as executive sushi. Mm -hmm. And then he stayed, he went to Park Hyatt to be the uh, food and beverage manager. Okay. of the whole hotel right. and I went to Kyoto to be the uh, So you didn't know him then? Chef. I did know him. You already knew him, yeah. okay. Yeah, we, we met at New York Real. Yeah, so how'd you get together? What made you, how'd you form, your, form this partnership? I'm not sure. Uh, <laughs> we, all, we all wanted to... <laughs> you woke up one day and said, I own three restaurants. Is yeah. it three or four? How many? Three? Uh, we own three, own three and okay. we've got a, a very strong interest in Manila as well. Okay. In the Philippines. Now name the three you have. Uh, two, two rooms, two rooms, um, Ruby Jack's Steakhouse, uh, and we also have a, another steakhouse in Nihonbashi Takashimaya. It's uh, Setiem because it's Setiem. on the seventh floor. Seventh floor, okay. Yeah, uh, steakhouse. Okay. Uh, yes. And which one has the biggest client? I mean, has the the most traffic? Oh, this one definitely. This one does. Uh, two rooms, yeah. Okay, and then next would be Ruby Jack's. Ruby Jack's, okay. Yeah, and the uh. Setiem is. It's getting there, but um, it's uh, it's currently closed because of Corona. Really? Yeah. So it's right. in the area that's situation. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that area is quite difficult because it's more of an older clientele, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and everyone's scared about Corona, of course. Right, yeah. so. How long have all of them been open? Uh, well, this one opened March twenty six, two thousand and nine. Okay. And. And Ruby then Ruby Jacks. Oh God, he got me now. Six years ago. Okay, about six years ago. And yeah. Seth? Septiem, uh, two yes. years ago. Two years ago, okay. Yeah. So that's your most recent. Yeah. All right. Yeah. And you, you take care of the food in all of them? Uh, yeah, so basically I'm, I'm in charge of all the cuisine, all mm -hmm. the food. Mm -hmm. uh, Eddie's in charge of all the bar, right. wine, that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. And Nathan oversees uh, the financial side of things and the service. Mm -hmm. but. At the end of the day, we all sit on the same table and we all make the important decisions together. Okay. Yes. So, how did it get started? <laughs> what, um, what, what, what brought you together? What made you want to do this then? Just from your viewpoint then. Um, what made you decide to do this? I think... Is something you've always wanted to do? Yeah, oh yeah. Okay. I can honestly say that. Yeah. Um, we worked in Hyatt. And Hyatt is very, very highly regarded, especially in Asia, for its food and beverage operations. Uh, one of the best, if not the best, hotel when it comes to food and beverage. And we were already at the top of our game. And we thought, you know, what's the next step? Um, do we want to continue with this or do we want to try something by ourselves? And with all respect going to Hyatt, we, we could have stayed there very easily, to mm -hmm. tell you the truth. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But we decided to take a risk. And, uh, and jump out and, and try it for ourselves. That's interesting. Yeah. That is very, very interesting. Because having started my own business, mm. I've always wanted to do it. Mm. I've always wanted to do a business. And it's interesting. All three of you, mm. would you say, basically had the same feeling? You wanted to do your business? Or you just... I think so, yeah. Okay. Because when you're working for someone, you can't... You have a certain barrier, right? 
you can't really go over that. Mm -hmm. You can't. Um, how do you say? I mean, you, you're working for someone, mm -hmm. but it, to work for yourself is a totally different. So, what, what, how is it different for you, being having these three restaurants? What do you enjoy about it that you wouldn't be able to enjoy if you were still at the Hyatt, or well, not at Hyatt, but work for anyone else? We have a lot of freedom. In what uh, way? Uh, well, <coughs> freedom to express yourself, to do whatever you think is best, okay. without asking anyone. Right. Um, which which can be positive and negative. You well, know. What kind of things have you done here, for example, that you'd say you didn't have to ask anyone, you just boom? Well, the easiest one is put oysters on the menu. That's, and that can mean a lot. That can mean a lot. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Um, Hyatt, no oysters. In, if you go know, to any. I know. Well, attack, we had to stop too. Yep. All it takes is one person. Yep. And I, like, I don't like to say it. If you're not in the right group, you're going to be... Yep. You know what I mean? They'll, they'll, they'll point you out and it's done. That's what happened. Exactly. So you know what I mean? And if everyone, come on, you've got to be kidding. You're dealing with oysters. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's it's not a be restaurant. Done That's right. And you need a license for it, the whole thing. And they just, they keep, you know, it's, it's very controlled here. It's, it's our biggest seller on the menu, though. I would imagine so. Because mm. you can't get it everywhere. You can't get it everywhere. Yeah. So you want, you've been a member of TAC for how long? Oh, not long at all. Okay, um, right. Because we used to have it. At the old club, we had it until an incident. Oh, really? Yeah, they shut down three of our <coughs> um, three of our kitchens, mm. and it was written up in the newspaper. They just mm. made it so it wasn't worth us mm. to even try to do it again. <laughs> and it wasn't like someone died or anything. They got sick, like most people, you know. Just one person? No, it was a group. He had a group. Oh, okay. And there were 15 in the group. It wasn't a wedding or anything like that? No, it was, it was, it was a group, and he had his group, and <coughs> some of them said they got sick, which is possible. Mm. You're eating oysters. What do you expect? Oh, come on. Well, we've had, we've had um, some, some Minor complaints, things. but then we have a look at the check, and it's like, well, you did have like six martinis and a bottle of wine. And, <laughs> and you know what he's doing before <laughs> like, then, right. Exactly. Maybe it wasn't the oysters. You, you know? <laughs> but if he, he would have made a stink about it, it would, you guys wouldn't be doing it. Uh, we're, we're pretty good when it comes to that sort of thing. That's good. And everything, all the oysters are open to order. Uh, say uh, it again? All the oysters are open to order. Okay. Yeah, so there's nothing that comes in in a bag or anything like that. Right, right, right. It's right. all fresh. We've got our own tank. Okay. You know, so it's, it's all pretty clean. Oh, that's good. Yeah. That's good. What, kind of, what, what causes people to get sick with it? What is usually because some of them are dead already when they come in a bag uh, or yeah, something? Yeah, yeah. I mean, if the, if the if shell's open, it's not a good sign. It's not a good sign. <laughs> yeah. Right. And there's the norovirus and That's right. things like that. Yeah. I had to learn about all that when I was Salmonella. over time. Yeah, I had to learn about all that. I had to go through the courses just so I could be in the kitchen mm. and go oh, see really? everyone. Oh, yeah, just to go, not to, just, just to. Just check, right? They were, they were making things a little more complicated than they needed to be, but I went through everything. No, it's good, though. Just to, I think it was. I didn't mind. No, it's good to you know, know all facets of the operation. That's true. That's yeah. true. I mean, all three of us can pick up on things from a different one's mm. uh, a department, so to speak, mm -hmm. and, and pick it up and say, hey, that's wrong. Mm -hmm. You know, if, if Eddie's not here and a gin and tonic goes out and doesn't look right, I, I will know the difference. You know the difference. Just by right. looking at it, yeah. Right, right, right. right. Yeah. But I, I can't make it as good as him. I understand. But, yeah. but um, you need to know what's, what's good and what's bad. Basically, yeah. Standards. So you guys Standards in any operation. You have a family. Yes. How I many do. children do you have? Two kids and one dog. Yes. Do your the dog is considered our daughter as well. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's not unusual for many families. <laughs> I mean, they love their mm. pets. What about your partners? They all have families as well. Uh, yes, 
my my what's your partners your partners do they have families oh as well? uh eddie yes he's got yeah. a wife and three kids okay and nathan no he's single okay yeah right what he's are you still looking <laughs> that keeps him single huh? <laughs> yeah. we have a few discussions about that one <laughs> tell me this what do you see happening in the future what would you like to see happen with your restaurants let's say five ten years from now not sure. I mean, this this one is definitely the legacy of the whole thing. Mm -hmm. You know, this is um, you know, we have international press and not not blowing our own trumpet or anything like that, but we do have a lot of press, international and domestic, and uh, we've had a lot of famous people come in and out of of, of here. And Such as, and give me some names. Just name drop real quick. I mean, Mark Zuckerberg okay. comes in sometimes. Okay. Yeah, when he's wow. in town. Yeah, and other guys that I prefer not to okay. mention. You're right, right. But yeah, that's one. Yeah, that's a big one too. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I think uh, I think this would be the this would be the one uh, uh -huh. that will be the legacy. But Ruby Jack's uh, Steakhouse is named after my grandparents, Ruby okay. and Jack. Uh, so that's uh, very close to my heart as well. So yeah, I'm in five or ten years. I'm not sure. I can't really tell you, but. Uh, if we can operate these without me being 100% um, hand, hands-on, mm -hmm. that would, uh, like, uh, to allow me to enjoy other things, mm -hmm. then that would probably uh, be the way to go. You opening, you're thinking about opening other restaurants? You said yeah. in Manila, right? Uh, I mean, if, if, uh, if, depends on what happens. You know, I mean, maybe a bit of consultancy here mm -hmm. and there. Mm -hmm. If someone came in and said, you know, uh, I'll give you this to open this, and if it fitted into our lifestyle and, and what we wanted to do as a group, then yeah, sure, we'd consider it. Mm -hmm. yeah. I mean, how has Corona affected your restaurants? Um, Particularly this one, your main. Uh, well, the thing about, uh, I mean, as you, as you know, being here for so long, uh, the Japanese people really do listen to what they're told. Um, it's not like uh, it's not like Australia or America or, or whatever. They do what they want to do. In in Japan, they actually follow what the government says. So, if the government says uh, we would prefer it if you closed, you served your and last alcoholic beverage that's how they do it. That's how they do it at seven o'clock. You're closing then, at seven o'clock. Then nobody will, will order a drink after seven o'clock. Yeah, so we've had to um, curb our hours and of operation to meet the requests from the, from the government. Mm -hmm. Yeah, thank, thank God the government's giving us subsidies as well. Aren't they? Yeah. Have you been able to take advantage of all of Of course, yeah. yeah. Because a lot of people don't know that. Mm. They don't know how to do it. Because what, the foreigners or the Japanese? I would say some of the Japanese, because some of the people that need it, the small mom and pop shops, mm. they don't realize, like, you know, you can get several, because I have a couple of companies, and mm. you just have to know what to do, and some of them require a lot of paperwork, mm. you know, so. That's true. We, we've got a very good back of house, and we've got uh, a good uh, back good. of house. Okay, yes. So we've got an accountant in mm -hmm. there. And he's keeping up on it. Oh, yeah, totally. That's yeah. very good. He's a good guy. I mean, yeah. my wife is the PR manager for the group. Okay. So she picks up on, on all the little snippets of uh -huh. information. So she's always through. paying attention, right? Always paying attention. Yeah. That's good. Always. You need yeah. that. So I take it your wife's Japanese? She is, yes. That's yeah, good. from Iwate. Iwate Ken. Okay. Yeah, Miyako. All right. Mm. All right. Yeah. Wow. The thing we have in common is that we're both members of um, one of the clubs here.
mm. the private members club here. You enjoy the club? I do, yeah. I'm, I didn't go there today, but I'm, I'm there most days. Yeah. Do you, when do you play squash? What time? Um, in the mornings. I'm there in the morning, every morning. Oh, really? I come in, and, well, now they start opening early in the morning. Okay. From 6.30, it used to be 7.30. Yeah, well, 7.30 for a while. Mm. Now they're just, because they're closing earlier, so they've given us some time. And then I come in 6.30 and I stay until usually about 11. Oh, really? But okay. I'm in the music room. Which okay. is just, you have to pass that. You probably don't even know where it is. I when do, I do. Actually, yeah, with the piano in it, right? There's one with the piano, that's the blue room, and then the burgundy room is the one next to it, and I'm in there okay. playing my sax. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. I mean, practice. We're trying to play at it. <laughs> okay. So I do that. Do you play any instruments? I don't. You don't? Uh, okay. I've been pushed by my children and my wife to learn piano. And I did go to that's some amazing. lessons, and I'm, I'm now getting a lot of slack because I'm not continuing with the lessons. Because you have other things. What do you do <laughs> outside of playing squash? You just told me you 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 broke your sir. You broke your your heel your, uh, your my ankle. my foot. You yeah. broke your foot. Left foot. Playing squash. I I know I was doing a lot of exercise at home, which uh, entailed uh, running on the spot and skipping on the terrace, which is hard brick kind of uh, tile mm -hmm, sort mm -hmm. of stuff. So I I I'm pretty. I don't know if it was squash. You, you know, know where, I, but anyway, it's. I think that exacerbated it, you mm -hmm. know, maybe that was the catalyst mm -hmm, to mm -hmm. fracture it, mm -hmm. but I'm pretty sure it was something else got it to that stage. Right. Yeah. Wow. So what would you do outside of that? What do you do with your leisure time? Um, it's basically taken up here and I walk a lot. I, I listen, I, I don't have much time to read books, so mm -hmm. I, I listen to books. Mm -hmm. So you'll see me walking the streets, mm -hmm. listening, mm -hmm. listening to books. And what kind of books do you, what do you like to listen to? Uh, at the moment I'm, I'm listening to uh, crime fiction. Okay. Yeah. That's true, you like to get into, something that takes you out of this space and exactly. puts you somewhere else. Kind of like a voyeur. Like right? to imagine, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. We all have to have our yeah. things, I like listening to, yeah. Really? Yeah, books on tape. What I do you listen to? Well, it's usually the, the latest ones, the other one you can't, wait. Um, can't hurt me, mm. and I forget the guy's name, but he um, runs these long distances, mm. like nine or oh, well, a hundred miles, and he just runs and runs. And he's been through all kinds of stuff. I like listening to that. I like listening to self-help books. Mm. That that I enjoy. Mm. But I've listened to um, people's biographies. I like mm. listening to that because I'm interested in that. Oh, I listened to his. Mm. He was a good orator too. Oh, he's a good speaker. Oh, did you hear it? Yeah. It was just. He knew just when it's, it just seems so. It's, a lot of them are really good. Mm. Have I you read Trevor Noah's? Books? I did. I did his one of his. Yes, because yeah, it's interesting. Good. It's interesting to hear his. He's a funny guy, but he's also very smart. He's very what? Very smart. No doubt about it. Mm. There's no. He's very well mm. read. Very well read. Yeah. Very well read, and yeah. that's why he does what he does. Yeah. Mm. Something I hope to be someday, but I've never. I was like you. I'm, I'm pretty sure you're there already. No, there's, there's <laughs> so much I really want to learn about and I like talking to people that's why I, uh, I thought this would be right up my alley mm. to hear about your life and what you've been doing and mm. how you did it what made you decide it mm. Hmm. Mm. so how do you see so you see yourself selling this someday and maybe uh, retiring maybe. like your dad saying uh, dad guess what <laughs> <laughs> it took you until you were in your 70s I did mine when I was 60 <laughs> hopefully before, <laughs> before um, that, uh, yeah it depends on, on what's offered and, and what opportunities arise but yeah, we, we've so you wouldn't be opposed to that, someone no. coming along, if they have the right number? If they have the right number, yeah. And your partners feel the same? Yeah. Oh, so you guys coming in this year, coming in to win it. 
You're in uh, it to win it. Yeah, but we didn't we didn't open it for that purpose though. I understand that, yeah. but I mean, but you, in order to be there, you have to be good at what you do. Yeah. And you want to provide a product. I'm, I'm believing this is your motive for the community you're in mm. at such a level that somebody would say, "Hey, mm. that is bad." Like the Hyatt. Mm. Very, very. That's why they own their own restaurants. Exactly. They don't let anyone come in. They say because we know how we want it to be done. We know how to do it. Yeah. So yeah. we we would um, anticipate someone coming in, uh, dropping a lot of money, hopefully, and then right. us staying on the board and being kind of like advisors. Right. But that's definitely not happening at the moment. Well, nothing's happening right now. But There's the, a good and time that's for definitely introspection. In the future. Right. Yeah, and it's not it's not one hundred percent going to happen. So. Yeah. And we're we're fine either way. Right. Right. Yeah. Matthew, I want to thank you for taking the time to do this with me. You're very welcome. Um, Anytime. And and I'll and and after I finish with it, I'll get you a copy of it so you can look at it. Oh, thank you. And and you haven't said anything that people won't be pleased about hearing. I guarantee that. <laughs> That's I good. guarantee that. It's I good think your partner's gonna like that. So thanks again. No, very nice to meet you. Same here. And I hope this isn't the last time. No, it won't be. Let's do it again. Definitely. For sure. Cool. Thank you. Thanks, Lance. Thank you.